0: What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF, and when I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Forsella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCO Project, the MFCEO.com. i got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting
1: shit done, and we can do it together.
2: The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Hey, Big MX fans, thanks for listening to another Big MX Radio podcast. In this episode, not only do we have Todd De Hoop, 1988 East Coast 125 na- uh, Supercross champion, uh, talking about his most recent competition at the, t- the 2017 Motocross. Bet National World Championships in California, uh, sponsored by W Wheels, and they are also a sponsor of this podcast. But uh, later on, we call up none other than Kyle Defoe, a brand new motocross mechanic for Martin Davalos on the the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki team. And uh, he's actually a rider that I grew up with a little bit uh, racing here in Manitoba. He's actually from in North Dakota, and uh, we kind of get the Coles notes on his story uh, coming through the ranks, uh, working for a ton of different riders and whatnot, and uh, it's a great story, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy that one. So as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll get you uh, guys some t-shirts coming up soon, an opportunity to buy some t-shirts on my Instagram uh, coming up, and uh, uh, if you guys have any requests for riders you'd like to hear or uh, industry members you'd like to hear from, please give me a shout out at... uh, Brad bradgebhart88 on Instagram as well as you can shoot me an email anytime at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Big MX radio podcast show brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF. I am your host Brad Gebhart with us on the line the 1988 125 Supercross champion goes by the name of Todd DeHoop. Todd how's it going?
0: Great Brad how are you?
2: Hey, not doing too bad, my friend. Uh, winter has uh, arrived here in Winnipeg, and with that, the motorcycles go away for the for the winter time. Uh, maybe maybe be able to bring them out in January when I hit south. But uh, uh, you, you were uh, you had some gate drops not even that long ago uh, down in California. Tell me about it.
0: Yeah, it was good. Uh, winter is uh, definitely hitting here in Michigan too. It's getting cold. It's already snowed a few times, and uh, so yeah, we had to make a trip west and uh go out for the vet world finals and uh that was the first time I'd ever been there uh, for that event. i would actually hadn't ridden Glen Helen in probably uh, over twenty years. So it it been quite a while and yeah it's um you know it's it's definitely an interesting track. Um I mean, the uphills and downhills are pretty cool. Um you know as far as I'm concerned it's a standard kind of California You know, choppy track, um, a lot of choppy edge bumps and stuff like that. Not as hard as what it used to be. It used to be very hard pack and stuff like that, but it, uh, yeah, it got rough and it got choppy and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, there was a, I got to see a lot of my old friends and enjoyed that and that was, that was neat.
2: For sure, and I think you would attest to this because you rode you rode both Saturday and Sunday, miraculously enough. Um, because there's such a disparity in the uh, the talent level uh, that that participate in that particular event, because you have the the 65 uh, over 65 novice class going out there, as well as the uh, the, the the plus 30 pros, um, which I believe is, is what you were uh, you were racing in. Uh, breaking bumps for a lot of those downhills start at the top of the hill.
0: Yeah, it's true. I've you know uh, it's pretty funny because a lot of those guys they crest the hill and from basically uh, that point they start breaking. So it's uh, yeah they start about five foot off the the top of the edge and uh, so it's it can get rough. Um, they worked it up a little bit, so they smoothed it out some here and there. So it wasn't too bad, but I, there was uh, there was a few. I think uh, Brian Wheeler see me uh, pretty much witnessed me almost going over the bars twice, and uh, I saved it, but. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I enjoy those big hills like that because, you know, we, it's, it's rare. You don't get to do that a lot. I mean, Michigan doesn't have such steep hills like that. And I don't really, I mean, there's only like, uh, Crawfordsville has the one uphill that's pretty, pretty extreme. But other than that, it's, uh, um, that's you know, kind of a rarity out there. And so it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, the it's awesome to see so many people come out and uh, and, and, and like kind of with he- I'm sure of many with heavy hearts, uh, with the knowledge of, of Tom White uh, passing literally days prior to the event. Uh, the, the The family was reeling, the motocross community was reeling. I'm not too sure uh, uh, how much uh, of a connection you had with Tom uh, over your racing career and being in California a fair bit um, over those years, but uh, um, I, I was sure, certainly hope that he was going to be able to see one last uh, of Vet World Championships um, go down. But uh, that wasn't the case, and uh, he'll be sorely missed because uh, the guy volunteered a lot of his time to, to announce, that whether it be REM or these, uh, the Vet World Championship races, and his contribution to uh, the community and the sport were just uh, immeasurable, in my opinion. He did an amazing job, and he was, he was a, a, a very great guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I had, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting him only a couple of times, but yeah, he had a, an extreme passion for the sport, um, and, an uh, unbelievable collection of fantastic motorcycles. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, one in a million and, uh, had, had done a, a ton of things for the sport. Uh, his passion, you know, his, is spread and, you know, I know that people have, you know, kind of got involved and, you know, have taken it and are trying to, you know, pass it on. And he's, you know, he is a pioneer, and he's done amazing things. And uh, so I know he'll be definitely missed. And, you know, it was heavy on the hearts there, and uh, they have uh, a memoriam there for him, and uh, it's, it's a really nice piece. And uh, it's right in the center of the road as you're going up to registration. And uh that's, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice venue, and uh, it's, it's a great place to remember him there
2: so so what spawned your uh your pilgrimage to this uh the hollow grounds of, of Glen Helen? uh it's a far beaten path away from uh from from michigan but uh the the 25 machine was uh was twisting the throttle uh why'd you make your, your way out there
0: well I, I had never done the event so i thought uh it'd be something to do um i had um the pleasure of um, meeting uh, Mario Giannini and Paul Cozzi. And I've known Paul from my Farley events uh, at the designations. Um, they sponsored me. And so what I did is uh, Mario provided me with a uh, Honda CR450 um, and basically got it ready for me to ride there. Um, we did make a, a small mistake and not, I should have brought my suspension out there. And so it kind of cost me, I actually, and I don't think you probably know this, but I actually didn't ride on Sunday. Um, oh,
2: okay.
0: One of the big reasons was, is I, I got off um, pretty hard on Saturday in uh, the, um, the second moto. And um, I, 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 I don't know if I landed on a rock or what, but anyways, I probably, you know, I ended up breaking a rib, but I also, I tore my hands up pretty pretty bad because we set up the bike was set up for someone for 200 pounds and I'm 153 pounds. So the big thing was is it wasn't actually going through the stroke and it was uh, basically hunting and pecking and going all over the place and rebounding back into me. And on that square edge bump stuff, it's uh, it's really hard to hold on to something that doesn't want to stay underneath you. So I was gripping pretty hard, not a lot of death grip going on. And that uh, I had quarter size blisters in my palms and so. I elected after the the crash and everything else, I elected not to ride on Sunday, which actually worked out in my favor because it downpoured and it was uh, it was muddy. It was muddy, and that was <laughs> it's funny because I, I, everyone's saying, "Well, you didn't have to bring the rain with you from Michigan." It's like they did not get rain very often there, so it rained and it was uh, it was pretty muddy. It was actually decent by the end of the day, but it was still it was uh it was a heavily heavily rained on track in the morning.
2: Yeah, but from the from the photos, it really looked like the skies opened up, and uh, and, and there was some interesting um, conditions out there for the guys. A lot of California uh, riders uh, kind of out of their element a little bit. Maybe some of the riders who had traveled to it um, were, were a little bit more at home, given the fact that uh, I find when I go to California, um, I don't feel as though my wheels ride in the soil as much as they ride on the soil. Whereas when you're down uh, out uh, out east, you're more in you're in the, the ruts, you're in those trenches, you're you're in the soil, and you're ripping things up. Even if, even if it's kind of a more of a hard-packed track, when you till it up, you're, you're kind of in the soil, whereas if, even when they, they rip up uh, a track out, out in California, it always feels like you're sitting on top, which is uh, kind of a, just a different feeling than someone who uh, rides, whether you be in the middle of the country or further out east.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I think the riders that ride up there, they definitely get used to that situation and then when they come back east i think they get a little bit lost because they're not used to the such the the big deep rolling um high bumps and the huge breaking bumps and also obviously the long straightaways of ruts i mean it's i mean it's any given time you have six eight ten inch ruts all the way down the straightaway and there's probably 12 to 14 of them and So it's, yeah, it's basically pick and choose a line and hope that it works out. And, you know, I've learned to ride them over the years just because that's all I've grown up on. So it's, it's always carry momentum, keep your front end light and stay on the gas, stay on the foot pegs and you'll be, you'll be fine. But a lot of those guys don't know how to do that. So it's, it's definitely a learning curve and, uh, it's also a learning curve when you go out West, how to control, you know, when you have to use throttle control and, try to keep the bike straight and not slide around and not spin and, you know, traction control and stuff like that. It's definitely, you know, it's a, it's a a different animal. So you really ought to learn how to control your bike a little bit better instead of just grabbing a handful and and knowing that the the loam and the roost is going to hold you in place.
2: So, what was it like for you lining up with uh, fellow fast guys? Obviously, you know John Gruey probably better than anybody out, out out that on those parts. But uh, to see Doug Dubach in uh, that, like literally twenty years of like basically twenty years removed from your professional career, um, still wearing O'Neill gear, still wearing Scott goggles, and uh, and for the most part, still riding a Yamaha. Uh, that guy doesn't uh, changed a whole lot. Uh, honestly, uh, the two of you both go pretty damn fast. Uh, what was it like uh battling with the guy?
0: Uh, you know, I, I know Doug pretty well. He's my teammate for the vet designations and uh he goes really fast on Glen Helen. That's his home track and he's he rides it really well. He knows the lines and uh um I started in front of him both motos, and you know, I just uh, uh you know, I fatigued and uh he, he basically went right on by me and you no, know, he's got some good lines there and he goes good. And, uh, Kurt Nicole was really fast. I mean, he's, you know, super fast guy, super fluid, super smooth. Mike Browns, uh, he's, he's okay. He's, you know, pretty slow in all the, all the sections. You know, he's slow on the jumps, slow on the corners. He must have just been lucky. I think, you know, he, he beat us by luck. Um, I do honestly have to say <laughs> that I think he's cheating. I think he's running a 550 and I told him that, but. <laughs> um no one beats me on the whole shots and he beat me by like two and a half bike lengths and both uh, both starts. yeah i, yeah, I was like big when he went by me i'm not joking it sound like it sound like a 650 i i was like what the heck and so that was a big joke we were, you know and he's my former teammate at honda troy and so we're actually very good friends we've known each other for a long time we traveled with each other and roomed with each other so yeah, there's a lot of banter going on, but no, he's a good redneck, and I give him a hard time. But no, he's uh, he's fast, and there's no doubt about it. And he's still got it going on, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I could stay with him for probably a lap, and that was, and then it was just, yeah, then it was ten bike lengths, and then it was fifteen bike lengths, and, <laughs> and that was it. So. Yeah, once you
2: try you lose those breaking points. Uh, some guy, things can get away from you a little bit, but uh, I think honestly, Mike Brown might be going faster now than he was when he was winning championships back in nineteen or uh, two thousand and one. Like the guy yeah. is ageless. I don't know. Uh, goes... I,
0: I when he was winning yeah. stuff back then, he was going crazy fast.
2: No, I I, I watched him back
0: then. I, I watched him from behind because I beat him in the championship for that fall classic. I beat him overall in. 93 and 95, and I had to ride my butt off to beat him. And I mean, and then he won, you know, outdoor championships and stuff like that. No, he, and then he went overseas. I mean, I've watched some of his overseas races, and he was crazy fast. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, and super aggressive. That's his thing. He's just so aggressive. It's very similar when I've ridden with Ricky Carmichael. It's, It's the corner speed and how aggressive they hit everything still. That's what's, it's nuts. It's just, they're, they're so aggressive on everything. And it's amazing.
2: Yeah. I can't, I can't, uh, can't stress it enough. Those guys are on a whole different level as far as uh, their commitment in the corners. Um, I, I, I'm so guilty of, of coasting in and uh, coming hard out. And, uh, it's those, it's those, uh, those seconds that I'm off the throttle that they're just, uh, they're just going by uh, guys like myself. And, uh, um, yeah, like I, 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 I would love to find out whether or not I could hold on to your pace for more than a couple of corners, Todd. You still got it going on.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. It's, it's like you, you put this in perspective. Is Mike? I mean, he pretty much just waxed us. I mean, with no problem. And then on Sunday, Brett Metcalf just put it on him. I mean, that puts it in perspective. Yeah. Is I mean, Matty just like literally caught him and passed him and left him and by, you know, four or five, four laps in, he was, you know, a good straightaway and a half, two straightaways ahead and basically just cruising. So, I mean, I mean, it just puts it in perspective of speed and and what, you know, when we think we're going fast, there's another level. And then uh, when Metcalf is going fast, there's another level. (laughs) Then you're, then you're going into like a Moose can and, uh, and Jason Anderson, and you know, you just you go to another level. It's just you know, amazing. So. I can. I can't,
2: I can't can barely uh, imagine that my friend that those guys are going way too quick but uh, I'm glad that you were able to go out there and uh, log some some uh, some seat time uh, unfortunately you weren't able to go Sunday but uh, if you were to go do it over again would you uh, approach it any differently and uh, will this become kind of an annual thing for you or uh, yet another uh, race on your schedule which uh, as we've had you on the podcast now for three years uh, consecutively uh, your schedule seems to continue to grow with these special events where there It'd be vet world championships loretta's uh and, and of course uh the the races that you participate in throughout the uh the summer um like basically todd De hoops full-time racing again right
0: <laughs> well i you know it seems to be a pretty full schedule i wouldn't say it's full-time but it it's very involved and it takes a lot of effort and thankfully i have great people uh one and foremost my wife behind me and then uh you know Fox Power Sports which they you know fully back me and, and give me what I need to do things but uh, yeah I mean it's it's one of those things where at almost at six months shy of being 50 years old you're going you know you say to yourself what, what are we doing here but you know I have a passion for riding motorcycles I mean I love it and I enjoy it as well as many others and I think that just keeping it fun and keeping it real and, and just knowing your limits and Basically, you try to keep it safe and try and just ride to your ability. I mean, back in the day, you could push that envelope, and you know that was your job. It was your job to ride the rails and make sure that you're doing everything you could to go as fast as you possibly could. Now it's about having fun, enjoying it, getting exposure for the, the 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 great people that are behind you, and and just you know, basically making sure that you're having a good time and passing that on to the people around you and uh involving them and try to you know guide them help them i mean i have a lot of years of experience that is just basically sitting in my head and so it's one of those things i try to try to pass and if people have questions if they want to know stuff i mean i'm more than willing to to give them that knowledge because you know it's just basically sitting there and i i have it for a reason and it's it's easy to let people know how to do stuff set stuff up and 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 make it easy for them so it's it's a it's something i enjoy and you know, for me, it's it's a pleasure to do so.
2: Yeah, and you're an, you're an asset to the community, my friend. Uh, and, and I hope that uh, riders do reach out to you and uh, and and uh, dig into that well of knowledge. And uh, I, like, uh, have you have you reached out to riders in the past, or have riders reached out to you? Um, and 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 if they haven't, uh, how do they get hold of you?
0: Well, you know. I always, when I'm at the track, if anyone has questions or or whatever, I mean, I'm always willing to explain things or try and help them, um, you know, if they have questions about sections of the track, whatever. I mean, you know, I still have a lot of knowledge about how to approach things. And, you know, I think things have changed a little bit with the styles of riding, but I think when it all comes down to it, it, you know, corner speed, riding technique, there's certain things that are, are timeless in the proper way to do things. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, a little bit of bike setup, up, everything. Is, there's a lot of people that skip a lot of steps to, you know, getting their bike properly set up. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, guilty of the same thing. I mean, I went out to Glen Helen and I, I didn't bring my suspension and I should have just, I shouldn't have cheaped out. I should have thrown it in a box and brought it off my i18 450 and brought it out there and set the bike up the way i would have rode it but it didn't do it it was too cheap and uh basically it uh it didn't work out you know it, it was uh the bike was set up for 200 pounds and it was really stiff and uh if i would have just done that it would have made a, a world of difference but you know i know for the next time and you know hopefully um those guys are are you know willing to help me out again we had a good time We we enjoyed it and and uh, I mean, I definitely would like to go out. We'll see. We'll see if the if uh, if, if the wife and and my employer and everything go out, that would be great. But, you know, like anything, life's busy. Um, kids are busy. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of responsibility out there being 50 years old. So you just you keep plugging away and you got to remember that there's uh, priorities before pleasures and uh, motorcycles. Motorcycle riding is uh is something that's fun but it's it's not uh it's not number one so
2: fair enough absolutely and we, you you do make a, a conscious effort to uh continue to twist the loud handle on a regular basis and we uh we appreciate you making some time to to chat with us about it here on the Big MX Radio podcast show you are a repeat offender i believe this is the fourth time we've had you on the podcast and this is episode 4 81 and um it's just it's amazing to see someone that's so passionate about the sport uh and and so willing to give back to it it just uh, kind of just warms the heart to know that uh in in the world of uh of, there's a lot of selfishness out there there's a lot of uh, people that are looking out for number one um you 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 genuinely uh want to see this community uh build and grow and uh, and become better than even the one that you let, that uh, that you continue to to be a part of right now.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I think times have changed a lot, but you know, it, it becomes more and more of a business and I think that a lot of these kids are losing sight of the fun part of riding and racing and hopefully they're not, hopefully they're they're taking part in the the fun parts of it and and basically there's a lot of different avenues of it's not just motocross, it's not just supercross. I mean, you can ride I mean, GNCC, you can, you know, do FMX, you can do flat tracking, dirt track racing, TT, I mean, road racing. I mean, there's all aspects of racing that better you as a rider. I mean, so if you were, if you had an opportunity to learn, I mean, even trials riding is probably the best and most elite sport for, for riding there is because you learn such great balance and learn throttle control and how to, how to hop things and and control the motorcycle. And it's, it's, it really is a great rub off of technique to, to every kind of sport of riding a motorcycle. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that if you have the option to try different riding and racing, it's, it's always a great thing to do so because you expand your horizons of riding a motorcycle, which transfer into being a better rider. So I think if people could just, you know, you know, always consider the fun factor, And expand and do as much as they can to learn to ride a motorcycle better they would be really good riders and it's 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 not it doesn't take a lot of effort to do so i mean and always ends up being more fun than work so yeah i always i mean we used to do things when we used to travel we would go and stay with guy cooper and we'd have all these special games we would do We'd, we'd even on bicycles we would have 10 of us guys and we'd just be out in the driveway and you know have you have square that's the driveway what we do is we'd play block out and so you'd ride these bicycles and you block each other out and see who can balance and 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 hold the longest and you know basically you got 10 guys trying to take each other out but trying to balance and it's all improving your skills so it's it's one of those things where the fun factor is is a lot of pleasure and you hang you know have a, a great time doing so
2: Oh, absolutely. I think that even comes down to, like, riders that, uh, and I, I've been guilty of it too, uh, unwilling to go out there and, and spend some laps in the mud. And, and like, they're like, oh, right. I only want to go out on the track if I can ride quickly or if I right. can, uh, put down some fast lap times. What's wrong with going out onto the track and just finding your way around the motocross track, uh, as, as hard as that may be sometimes when it, when, uh, the conditions become really muddy, like it just learn how to, like, have to save it five times around the, uh, the more cross track, uh, if that need be, because, uh, when it comes time to, for a gate drop, uh, when it comes for a race, um, like you had in California, it might be raining. And, uh, and more often than not, they don't cancel the moto. So in, rather than you sitting on the line thinking, man, like I have no experience in mud. I never ride in the mud. You'd be thinking like, man, like I, I'm not only a, 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 can I ride in the mud? I'm good at it because, uh, I just, uh, throw crash into the wind and, uh, and rip it on practice days and stuff like that. And you've seen, I've seen some of the best pros in the world, uh, use that as their rhetoric to, uh, continue riding, uh, regardless of the conditions and they're better for it.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, cause you know, like for me, and as, as my past has shown, I've always been a great mud rider. We were very fortunate that as we grew up, they had the spring, the the spring series. And basically, you know, weather has not changed, you know, changed and, in the spring here basically you're battling snow sleet rain and you're, we were out racing there was many times back in the days in the spring series there was 2 to 4 to 6 inches of snow still on the track and they would plow it off and we were racing on ice dirt and i mean it was you know so you learned all the conditions mud ice everything and uh it would make you a better rider because of it so i mean it's just one of those things where, I mean, we rode a lot of mud because of the spring series. And then you'd run that spring series all the way up to the Pontiac Silverdome. And then they would have the amateur event in the Pontiac Silverdome. And so that's how we cut our teeth on riding Supercross. And that was an option that most kids growing up didn't have. They didn't have a Supercross race to actually cut their teeth on. And that's basically how I got my first experience riding supercross was that race every year riding from a mini bike, you know, on 60s all the way up to 80s and then, you know, 125s and 250s. So so I, that was my, my experience growing up. And so that basically excelled me for being a supercross rider. And that's how I think, you know, passed on to me winning a supercross championship because I came in with experience, knowing what I could do, knowing how to jump, knowing how to attack a track. So, I mean, that's one of the things that makes you as a better rider, the experience of doing it over and over again.
2: For sure, and I think that's uh, going to be a, a great uh, addition to this particular year. Uh, in Supercross, they will be bringing back some amateur racing, as well as I think there's going to be some amateur day uh, events uh, uh, surrounding the Supercross races, which uh, is an exciting thing for uh, for riders of any skill level to just be able to uh, get their get their feet wet with it and uh, and learn a little bit because uh, that that's all part of it, right?
0: For sure, absolutely. I think that's a much needed situation i think it's going to help out a lot for all these young kids to get their feet wet get in and do a lot of these amateur supercrosses i'm sure they'll tame the tracks down but it's just one of those things where it's seat time getting out there getting the experience getting the confidence to bring them to the race every time and so you know you're always going to be confident when you're a repeat offender of the same thing if you just go out there and you're doing it you're not going to be second guessing yourself. You're going out, you're racing and you're, you've done it so many times that it's just second nature. And you go out there and you, you win races and you know, you feel comfortable and that's the biggest game. Head games are the biggest game out there. You could be in the best shape in the world, but if you're not confident and you're second guessing yourself, you're going to get iron pump, whether you've ridden a hundred times or two times. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that you're, you're just fighting your inner demons and, doing the best you can and so it's it's one of those things is repetition is the best way and them riding supercross and getting out there and putting in the laps is going to really help those kids and i think you know for you know a lot of those uh expert pro riders that are trying to get their points to move into the to the premier class i think that's the only way to get them experiences make sure they're getting a lot of seat time and a lot of laps in so
2: absolutely my friend you know it well and uh i know you also have to get back to work my friend it's uh it's a hard day's labor for you uh deliver uh,
0: yeah getting get the, uh, get the sales calls yep yeah, getting the yeah.
2: sales calls and uh, i gotta let you get to that but uh always a pleasure to have you on the show my friend uh where can people follow you on social media to find uh, to follow along with all things todd De hoop as you continue to make your way back to full-time professional racing
0: well they can always uh look me up on Instagram uh, It's uh Todd the Hoop just my full name with 3 Ds in it so and then uh once again I'm a, you know I don't do Facebook a lot but there's a lot of information on there about my past and a lot of, a lot of history and pictures um you know I, I try to post as much Instagram and stuff as possible and uh yeah just uh keep moving keep rolling and uh keep things going
2: Awesome man well you keep doing what you do because what you do is good and uh, we appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us an update.
0: Well I appreciate you having me on you know, and uh, thanks to to you and the people that are behind you they do a great job of supporting you and, and helping out your cause and uh, I would plug them but then they'd probably make my sponsors unhappy. <laughs> I'll let you plug them and I'll plug mine so uh, yeah, I really I really appreciate uh, you know Fox Power Sports once again. Putting the bike underneath me and, and giving me the sport support that they they do to to get me out on the track and uh, Bell helmets and uh, TCX boots, man, fantastic boot. They uh, really do a good job of uh, supporting us. And then uh, got uh, Scott goggles, always keeping my vision clear. Dunlop tires for getting me those great hole shots. Except for Mike Brown, I have to puncture his tire or something. I don't know. I can f- figure that out. So and uh, yeah, got that uh, Renthal and Works connection, the premier. Premier parts on in the business to make your bike trick, and, uh, and i tell you what, Twin Air, UFO, and then uh, once again, always Evo MX graphics for making my bike look sweet. They do a great job, and uh, I couldn't do it without them. So uh, Stevie Denton, engineering, for uh, making it look trick, and uh, all those people. I thank them a million.
2: Absolutely and I don't think anybody plugs their sponsors as well as uh, one Todd to hoop I think if any if any of these uh, local or pro riders today uh, could learn anything from you Todd it's a uh it, it's it's the the appreciation you give to those sponsors and the the way you uh, run those down um, very well done my friend
0: well thank you thanks for having me on and uh, yeah um have a great day and uh, we'll talk soon
2: hey everyone Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly, then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Cereal Vs, amigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers,
0: quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show.
2: Hey Big MX listeners. It's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's dubyaus right now, and check out the Custom Wheel Builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes. spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungy, Jeremy Martin Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did, and head to W-U-S-A dot com today. W-U-S-A all things wheels. Hey, big MX fans, thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying me. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. Traction MX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha. KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, And uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to tractionmx.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between, Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only fifty-nine point ninety-nine. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia. And used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Welcome to the Big MX radio podcast show brought to you by Fly Racing. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, with us on the sauna line out of Pemina, North Dakota goes by the name of Kyle Defoe KD underscore wrench himself Kyle how's it going Good, Brad. How are you doing? Hey, not doing too bad whatsoever. Uh, It's been a long time since we heard uh, even a faint version of your voice uh, heading back to uh, early February when uh, when I did an interview with uh, Tommy Hahn, which actually I've gotten uh, a lot of uh, good comments on that. That was your rider last year as well as you've you've spun the wrenches for a lot of different guys over the years. But uh, before we get into your racing, uh, uh, your your wrenching background, let's spin the clocks all the way back to uh, when you used to twist. The throttle not only racing in the dmc series in north dakota and minnesota but also uh coming up to manitoba and uh and smoking my ass on a regular basis <laughs>
3: uh yeah yeah i know i'm from a little town in pembina north dakota of about 400 people where uh my good neighbor ron fritz i think he's got to be one of the oldest riders in the united states got me hooked on motorcycles um uh, you know, I started racing in 65s, uh, raced in Manitoba, as you were saying, did uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, um, moved all the way up to the local pro class, kind of a big dog. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from there I just raced and went to, um, went to go live in Phoenix, Arizona, to go to MMI and raced there from the time being. Um, on my free time, and then got a job straight out of school, and now I do that.
2: Fair enough, and, and uh, there are still some videos on YouTube I'm, uh, of you ra- review riding. I might uh, slide a couple of those into the description for this particular uh, podcast on BigMXRadio.com. But uh, um, always a uh, an infectious personality, Kyle. Always a guy that you want to have around the track, and and just a guy that uh, just seemed to to really gravitate to the motorcycles like nobody else. And uh, it's not it's no surprise that you turned that into uh, the discipline and the passion to uh, take on MMI and uh, and chase your dreams my friend um, like uh, fortunate being a, an American citizen uh, although living uh, maybe what? two miles on the other side of, uh, of the Canadian border. I think the, uh, the population of, um, of Pemina goes up every day just from the Canadians coming down to pick things up from, uh, either Mike's postal service or Ron Fritz himself. Um, but, uh, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, you've been able to, uh, branch for a ton of different guys. Uh, Austin Pulitelli, uh, Tommy Hahn, you know the list better than I do. Uh, Who was the first guy that gave you an opportunity to spin the wrenches?
3: Um, The first guy that I worked for right out of college, I call MMI college I guess, um, right out of school was a kid named Bracken Hall. We lived in Roosevelt, Utah. Um, He attended every single race, so you know that was really good exposure for me. He made a lot of progression those years, too, going from hardly making night shows to making main events. Um, So that was really, like, my first exposure to the motocross supercross scene. Um, From there, I went... Yeah, Austin Politelli, I did a little bit with Josh Hansen and um, Kyle Partridge, Michael Lieb, of course, I spent three years with him, Right. Uh, the whole Cycle Trader, Rock River crew with Tommy Hahn, Alex Ray, and Heath Harrison, Um, so yeah, that's kind of my career so far in the sport, is those guys.
2: Yeah, and, uh, and of course, like, over the years, getting interviewed by guys like Jim Hawley when, uh, uh, there was, there's a, a, mud race. I believe it was, uh, I think it was, it wasn't a Phoenix, that's an indoor stadium. I, or it may have been a San Francisco, actually, where, uh, you, you kind of ran down what you were going to do to, uh, prepare the motorcycle. Always well spoken, and uh, just a, a professional. And what I, I, the one thing I kind of took a, took away from kind of watching you do your thing in uh, when I was down in California over the January and February is just um, how in your element you seemed when you were doing it. You just seemed like a fish in water. Uh, you knew exactly what you needed to do when you needed to do it, and you did it in a very professional way. And uh, not to slight the uh, the motocross industry by any means, but uh, that professionalism is actually quite rare believe it or not and, uh, and you seem to exude that you seem to carry it with you wherever you go. Um, where are those roots laid? What was that? Where are the, like where did you kind of pick that up from or what, what where did that uh, um, that professionalism kind of get ingrained in you?
3: You know my whole life I've watched mechanics, I've watched um, specifically the mechanics of where I want to be. Um, some of the riders, my idols, people like that, that I really respect. I think I have a really good taste in um, in people's qualities and morals, so I think I picked the right people to look at. Um, I, You know, I, I just watched those people, saw how they did their day-to-day things. You know, you look at a factory team, obviously those mechanics are professional, they've been through it all, Um, you know, and I kind of just tried to be like them, and it's kind of just molded me to just want to be like that, and no other options. You know, I, I worked with Larry Brooks for a year or so, and he was huge to help me with professionalism, and Um, Just how I carry myself on and off the track, you know, you're always wearing sponsors logos and everything like that, so just to represent them well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that guy is, uh, he, he dots every I, he crosses every T, and, uh, you certainly do the same. And, uh, that's, that's, um, basically what's allowed you to ascend to, uh, the position you currently carry now, which is, uh, race mechanic for Martin Davalos, the 29 machine in your program, number one in your hearts. Uh, Martin is a phenomenally talented athlete uh he's he's come very close to winning championships in the past and uh and now you are uh the principal uh mechanic for his racing effort for 2018 and forward uh how excited were you when uh this whole whirlwind kind of caught you by surprise and you had a contract sitting in front of your hands
3: Oh man, I, I was actually shaking a little bit, and I was a little bit scared to shake Mitch's hand because I was sweating, and uh, you know, I just, oh, it was, it was amazing. I still am blown away of the opportunity that the guys at Pro Circuitive gave me for everybody thinking about me to give me a call, and... Um, the offer Mitch gave me and everything, I'm just blown away. And then when they told me Martine was going to be my guy, it was like icing on the cake. So um, it's really still sinking in. It'll get, Once I get closer to Anaheim, I think it'll really sink in.
2: Absolutely, yeah, no, uh, I think that, uh, as, as it gets closer, you start to get like the, the, more of the, the race day specific, uh, rundown and some of the, like, the, the, the race bike really starts to take shape. As far as, uh, progression of the motorcycle and working towards uh, a finished product, uh, how close would you say are you guys to having a, a full race ready machine for the 2008, uh, 2018, uh, season?
3: um we're pretty close i mean you know just a few final touches that you need to uh verify with the riders and settings and just little stuff like that before we do too much on the race bikes so we don't have to redo stuff over and over again um you know so we'll we'll probably start assembling the second week in december or so and really finalize everything those last three weeks or so um but until then, you know, just a lot of testing and stuff, especially with Martine and a new rider. Um, we're making a lot of new settings. So,
2: so as far as uh, the of the guys that you've worked with, um, and now you've been working with Martine for about five weeks now. Uh, how how picky is he of a rider? what uh, What does he need most on uh, on, a, on a particular ride day to feel comfortable? Because uh, as you know, a lot of these guys are uh, are are delicate snowflakes they need to have the motorcycle just so so they can smash it through the track as they do
3: <laughs> yeah no martin likes uh, really sharp foot pegs he loves those things to be razor blades um so he likes that and he likes his throttle tube and his grips just perfect not the slightest bit of grit in the throttle tube and the throttle grip has to be just perfect on the bike but that's really about his only thing He's uh he's really good with adapting and really good at testing and saying what he wants on his bike. So that's his foot pegs and his throttle tube are his biggest things.
2: Fair enough. So, um, and like honestly, I'm very remedial, remedial in my expertise as a as a mechanic. you probably laugh to see me work on a motorcycle, uh, although I do get things done. Maybe not in the way that you would do them, or uh, as clean as you would do them. But they get done, Kyle. But uh, how do you sharpen foot pegs uh, to to be that sharp for a rider that uh, that really is looking for that sensation?
3: Usually you just take them off the bike and uh, use like a grinder or something and just sharpen them on a a fine-tooth grinder and just make those things so you literally can cut yourself
2: on them. And it's just... Yeah. Once they're that sharp, moving around the motorcycle is probably a little bit more ginger uh, than, uh, than than years pre- than the moments prior to that. Because uh, yeah, like uh, hitting your shin on a footpeg is one thing; one that can l- literally slice you open is another.
3: Yeah, no, you need to be super careful, especially like if you're like cleaning your bike or whatnot, and you slip, and your hand goes into the footpeg. You're usually
2: bleeding. Wow. That is uh th- that is something I I haven't really thought of. Uh maybe uh uh you'd have to come up with some sort of uh like uh like a, a sponge that you can like uh velcro on there or something while you're working on the bike and then take that off afterwards.
3: Yeah, we have some plastic, you know, you can put on there. That's just stubborn of me.
2: Your phone's breaking up a little bit. You are driving through the hills towards uh, um, Lake Elsinore at this time. But I, I, I like—I don't think we'll lose you. But they're like, uh, just letting you know that your phone is breaking up just a slight bit. Not that you have any control over that whatsoever. But uh, um, working for Mitch Payton, and I know there's a lot of riders, there's a lot of people listening to this right now who uh, you currently hold their dream job. It's the job, the, the job working for Pro Circuit Kawasaki, uh, Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and uh, they've, they've loved those bikes as 125s, 250Fs, carbureted or, or electric fuel injection. They've had a, a ton of great riders, a ton of championships, and uh, an, also a host of amazing uh, mechanics that have worked there. Uh, in your first five weeks, uh, give us a little bit of a synopsis of what it's like to work at uh... pro circuit
3: yeah i mean you know we show up in the morning we uh... we're gonna go testing we try to get out there early in the morning work on the track a little bit and uh... uh... usually stay there till dark at least so you can get your days in Um, if not you know you're at the shop um, working on something, you know, there's always stuff to work on, whether it be building wheels. Most of our riders are out in Florida, so, um, you know, we got some downtime, well, not really downtime, but whether it be building wheels or anything you can think of having to do with a motorcycle, um, you know, that's kind of our day-to-day until, The season starts and then from there it's just wide open of working on traveling and working on dirt bikes.
2: There you go, and yeah, there will be travel. You can be assured of that, of which you, you you've become accustomed to. Uh, one of the things I thought of uh, maybe asking you is now that you've been working for a number of different riders for uh, uh, over a number of different seasons um, and traveling to all of these races, um, and this is obviously a different different uh, season than than all the ones prior to this. But uh, does motocross as a profe- uh, in the professional ranks? become kind of, uh, I wouldn't say ho-hum, but kind of like, um, is it become like a job just like everything else or, or is it, is it still got a little bit of shine on it for you?
3: Oh, it's still got loads of shine on it. I, I, every day I think of where I'm driving to, as opposed to where the guy sitting next to me in traffic is driving to. And whether it be me driving to the airport or we me driving to the shop or to the track, all in all, I get to work on dirt bikes all day to go racing on the weekends. Like how awesome is that? It's, it's, it's been five years, you know, you work countless hours into the night and then you get to go to the race on Saturday with the sickest looking bike down in the tunnel and it's all worth it. There's never been a thought in my mind that I'm sick of it or I've been everywhere, you know, I've been in France and Europe and such, and there's never been a thought in my mind that it wasn't um, the best, it wasn't, you know, the best thing, you know, there's nothing else comparable to it. So it's still, yeah, still very much so awesome
2: absolutely uh, that, that's, that totally rings true, and i 'm glad that it's it 's uh, had some staying party power with you i like when I went down to California for that uh, six week uh, stint while I was down there, uh, tons of driving, tons of traffic uh, drove to and from uh, like from Winnipeg uh, which is not far from Pemina North Dakota I actually drove through it to get down there um, and all the way back and everything in between and um, like if, if comparing that to my, my, my regular job throughout the year which is laying bricks um, give, me, uh, give me motocross and the motocross industry uh, uh, 7 days a week over uh, like I'd, I'd rather work 7 days a week doing motocross stuff than, uh, than 5 days on 2 days off doing anything else
3: Yeah, absolutely, and when my wife, my wife, people ask her what, you know, what's your husband do or whatnot, and she says, a dirt bike mechanic, they kind of just laugh at her, but, you know, I'm fully able to support my wife, and, you know, we rent a house in California, and I can completely sustain, make a sustainable life off of motorcycles and mechanics, and, you know, like that, so I think that's you know that was my goal, and if I died tomorrow, my life was a success.
2: Wow, that that is uh, that, that's pretty serious, man, and, and that just speaks volumes to uh, to, to just. Um, your journey and 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 where you've gotten to and and this this team that you have landed with um, working alongside and seeing uh, Mitch Payton at the at the at work like uh, this is the kind of guy that uh like i'm sure he probably doesn't even know how intimidating he really is or maybe he does and he probably loves it but uh um, just working around that guy and trying to uh like um kind of warm up to him a little bit as far as I know he's got a great sense of humor how has it been working with the guy that you just you just respect him so much uh it's it would almost be hard to joke around with him
3: yeah no Mitch is really cool we get along really well you know we have a lot in common he fishes and hunts and um loves all that stuff his wife's from Minnesota so um you know we get along very well um you know, we all have the same goal, we all wanna win. He wants to win. Um, he's obviously done it. Um, but yeah, he comes into the workshop and he'll come hang out with us and B S with us a little bit and then um we'll all just keep working and you know, we all everybody works super hard over there. So yeah, Mitch is just he works so hard with everything and what he's built his team and company up to is super respectable and but we just we just uh, chime really well. Just me and Mitch and everybody.
2: That's awesome, man! It's good to hear. And, uh, and I know uh, over the years you've always had awesome tools. You've always had the ability to work on these motorcycles with uh, the tools that you that you own. And uh, Snap On has been uh, basically a mainstay in your toolbox. But uh, I know that there's also a, a special service that Snap On uh, offers to uh, to some top level teams that uh, that you've been able to partake in. Uh, uh, clue a few uh, of the listeners in on that because uh, it's a kind of a way that you guys over at uh, some of the top level teams continue to keep those toolboxes uh, as tip top as the, as the bikes you're working on
3: yeah we have our snap on uh, rep Mike he pretty much just comes to our shop and comes into our shop and shows us you know the new stuff that's out or what you know what could help us or um, you know he comes every Tuesday so we get to see him once a week and he just literally just has every single tool at your becking call to grab from him and put in your toolbox. So um, he he services our tools if they need to be, you know, if you got pliers or something that need a fresh tip on them or a torque wrench need to be recalibrated, uh, Mike just handles everything for you.
2: That's pretty cool, man, and and, and like so, um, do you just do you just hand your your pay stubs over to him, or is there a payment plan, or how, how do you uh, how do you not go uh, 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 take that sustainability uh, down a peg or two and, and continue to be friends with Mike?
3: Yeah, you gotta pace yourself for sure. Uh, Mike carries a really good uh, truck credit, so you can uh, stretch your payments out a little bit, but. Yeah, I only try to do 75% of my paycheck into tools. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's pretty
2: good. (laughs) Keep that other 25% for, uh, uh, for groceries and whatnot. But, uh, this is a great opportunity for you, man. Uh, like riding, uh, having a guy like Martine, uh, operating your motorcycle, it almost seems like, uh, like, Getting that job is 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 amazing, and they could probably have handed you uh, like a, one of the one of the younger riders or a guy that uh, is still yet to be proving himself. But uh, to, to to build a motorcycle and then see uh, a, a technician like Martine go out there and just absolutely slay on the bike that you built, um, I'm sure for the first time that ha- first time that happened to you, goosebumps in the middle of California.
3: Yeah, it's, like I was saying earlier, it's an incredible feeling that there's no other way to explain it, you know, when you get on that line at the races and there's 70,000 people watching you and you got the biggest, baddest bike on the track with one of the baddest riders and you're standing next to it, it's like an indescribable feeling that has never gone away since I started.
2: That's pretty cool, man. Uh, like, uh, to see these guys do what they do is, uh, is amazing. And uh, I know that uh, like, I, I, you, I don't know how many days you've been out at the, the practice track so far, but uh, we know that Pro Circuit also has a top-notch facility where uh, they do a lot of supercross testing, and that in and of itself is just one other uh, thing that you're able to, to utilize to your advantage as a technician to just uh, help do your job that much better so that you can offer uh, the best possible machine to these guys.
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, we have a couple private tracks, you know, there's never a time limit on it, we have a skid steer, so we can do whatever we want to the track, and there's not other people riding it to rut it up or ruin it, or, um, you know, it's just, there's so many resources that we have that make the riders and the bikes who they are and how they are, so it's pretty incredible.
2: So now, uh, being a, a mechanic underneath the tent, uh, you join a, a team. Uh, people know of Bones Bacon, people know of all, uh, Ollie Stone, uh, uh, one of the newest guys from last year, Brandon Zimmerman. How do you fit in with the, uh, with the fold of a guy, a few guys that have been together for a number of years? Even the fact that Brandon was working on, uh, on AC's bikes for a number of years prior to being a, a race day mechanic. So, uh, how did you kind of fit into a, a, a group that was already pretty I wouldn't say set in stone but uh, these guys have been working together for a while
3: Uh, we chime really well actually they're super pumped to have
2: me there and you know um,
3: just everybody is such a team player and they just want everybody to be you know everyone's on the same page and everybody busts their butts and they're all they're all really cool super helpful you know obviously I had some stuff to learn when I got there um, they all jump in to help me and, you know, they never hesitate to help me with anything or show me anything. Um, so, so far, we're all getting along very, very good. They're pretty easy guys to get along with. Everybody on the team's very easy to get along with for me. Um, I could get along with anybody. So it's, it's just really good. Everybody jives really well and um, they're cool. They're really cool.
2: Absolutely, and like, I'm sure you do appreciate when those guys get stuff off the top shelf for you.
3: Oh, hey, do I ever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, like, I, will, I will like completely off topic go ahead and say this. I'm impressed that you found uh, a woman that looks like to be at least a few inches shorter than you, my friend. She must be quite miniature.
3: Oh, come on, she's taller than me a little bit.
2: Is she? By this one photo of you <laughs> yeah, guys on the beach that doesn't... It, it, Look like Are you it. sure I'm not standing on a rock? You might be. That might be the case. <laughs> no, she's. We're
3: about the same height. She's not. She's not short. She's not that short. She's okay.
2: long, tan, and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> she's long, tan, and handsome yeah interesting interesting but uh like so what would you say is the culture like over at uh, at PC like these guys it's uh it, the, the unity of that team um, is 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 it's got a bit of an aura about it honestly like when when fans come around there um like you you guys are probably nervous enough around Mitch but like honestly even fans seem like like uh like not like it's almost it would be unholy to disturb the the pc mechanics do what they do like it's uh, it's kind of a bit of a cut above
3: yeah, no, the aura is good on the inside it's good, you know, everybody's there that we're working on race day, we're working, we're trying to win. Um that's the whole goal. We're not there to talk to people and such and um they can kind of feel that vibe if they're on the outside, they can perceive it however they want, but um the aura amongst the whole team is really good. Everybody's there for the same reason and to bust our butt and bust our butts and win.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about. And I think that, that winning culture um, is, is what cultivates uh, a, like a, just a team of people who are all driving towards that common goal. Um, what, like, what would you say are your goals for yourself for 2018? Obviously, once Martine uh, takes off from the gate, it's, uh, it's all a game of chance from there. But uh, what, what would you like to achieve as a mechanic in 2018 and going forward?
3: Um really right now I've achieved everything I could have dreamt of. From here on my short term would be you know I really would like to win some races and possibly obviously a championship would be my goal. Um that's really that's really my goal win races and win a championship. Simple.
2: Yeah, just just winning. That's that's all that's all the kid does. I think there's a song about that, but uh um, so, so Kyle, um, yourself, uh, you obviously, you raced at a, at a high level, uh, or at least the highest level locally that you could have back in the day. Uh, do you still have a bike? Uh, how much do you ride it? And, uh, like, I know we, we've seen photos of, uh, of Brandon getting out to the track a little bit on, uh, on the number 44 machine. Might you also, uh, take up a, a green, uh, two, uh, four stroke, uh, and go out to Milestone some, po- at some point?
3: Ooh, I don't know about that. I might go take out a green four-stroke out on the streets like a dual sport, but uh, no, I don't ride anymore. I don't even have a bike. Um, I got a, I have a dual sport, uh, XR400. Me and my wife go out and ride around a little bit. She's got a vintage bike. Um, but everybody out here is so fast at the practice tracks that it's not even fun because you just get your socks blown off. Yes. And... I just can't risk it. You know, if I was to get hurt, it's too much risk. Kind yeah, of you would tips be on that's a, that's a,
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: So that's that's a bad way to look at the life, but uh, I am right now because of the situation I'm in. So, yeah, I don't ride much. Nope, mountain bike.
2: Mountain bike and and like obviously California great for mountain biking lots of good trails and then uh, also uh, when when I'm sure you'll also do some traveling with that mountain bike in tow as well um, so like where where did you kind of come to that I mean, was that a, a sport that you developed a love for once you went out to uh, Arizona and and now in California or were you uh, ripping up the uh, uh, the little trails in uh, a little place uh, called Pemina North Dakota. <laughs>
3: No, there weren't much trails in Pembina, but yeah, I developed a little bit of mountain biking in Arizona. I did it for some exercise, and then um, when I got out here, you know, there's a ski resort that had a downhill mountain bike park, so I got into downhill mountain biking for a while. Uh, you can't use a downhill bike much more than for going downhill. Yes. So, I sold that and got what we call like an enduro or a trail bike, um, and it's just, it's just super good exercise and it's, you know, I'm, I'm not getting old really, but it's hard on your joints and stuff to run. So cycling and road biking and stuff is just easy on everything and it's good. Cardio and um, you can do it quick or just go on a spinner in your house. or So, yeah, I really, I cycle quite a bit to stay in shape.
2: There you go, and you, you've always been a pretty fit guy. Um, so, like last year, you started out the season with Tommy Hahn, and uh, that guy is, uh, has about the driest sense of humor I've ever met on a, on a human being. What was it like working for um, the real-life um, Napoleon Dynamite?
3: <laughs> yeah, Tommy. Tommy's interesting. Once I got to know him more, we, I really found out like, what I could joke with him about. Um, He was really good to work with. He was really picky, you know, so his bikes were always immaculate, but Tommy was cool. I, I enjoyed working for him. We still go out, you know, have dinner and a beer or so every once in a while, and we laugh a lot, but yeah, I got to know Tommy very well through that and find out his personality and see what he was all about. That's cool.
2: And then obviously uh his injury uh, shortened his 2018 program. And then for the balance of the year, you uh you jumped uh between uh Justin Cooper, uh Alex Ray, and uh, and of course Heath Harrison. But of, of those three riders, um which one of them uh was was kind of uh kind of like that you were able to develop the best relationship with uh, or kind of just click with as far as uh, just working on the bike and that rider um, rider mechanic relationship?
3: Yeah, no, I just did one arena cross round with Justin Cooper, so I didn't right. have much time with him. Um, really, I spent a lot of time with Alex, um, like a lot of time, you know, whether it be at the practice track or racing every weekend. Um, but him and Heath Harrison have a very similar personalities. They're both super funny and like they're the most easy people to talk to and never super serious unless they're racing. So, it's a toss-up between Heath Harrison and Alex Ray. They're both they're both pretty funny people. So, as you can
2: imagine, if you've, I'm sure
3: you've seen pictures, they're pretty easy to get along with.
2: Yeah, those guys are like two peas in a pod. When they were on the same team together, uh, that was um, like, they're like peanut butter and jelly and maybe probably like a peanut butter and jelly nightmare for uh, for Christina Denny, the team manager of the team. But uh, either uh, either way, they they, uh, they they create some laughs.
3: Oh, my gosh, they create so many laughs, it's, and they have such, they both of them have such a good following of people that, you know, they brought a lot of people around the, the truck and everything on the weekends. So they're really good publicity, both of them. And yeah, just laughing all the time and smashed together peanut butter and jelly, exactly.
2: There we go. But uh, so moving forward for 2018, uh, race wins are definitely within uh, the, the possibility for both yourself and Martine, as well as a championship. Um, like, uh, have they laid out any type of uh, a schedule as what you expect, uh, depending on which coast that uh, Martine races, um, when, when the, the outdoor prep will start and stuff like that, or are you kind of just, uh, uh, are you still honeymooning right now?
3: Yeah, I'm definitely still honeymooning right now. Um, we really haven't gotten to that stuff yet. Um, I think when when it's closer to the time, that stuff will be sorted out. But as of now, we're still just um, trying to crush it from day to day and uh, get that sorted out
2: first. Well, right on, man. I hope that you are able to sort everything out and just uh, um – Take on this job as you, as you know you can. I think, uh, when I heard that you were taking on this position, I couldn't have been happier for you. It couldn't have happened to a better guy and a guy who, uh, uh, genuinely loves the sport and loves what he does and does so in a really professional manner. Kyle, you've, you've, uh, you've, Wrenched for a ton of different riders. You've wrenched for guys at the motocross the Nations You've re- you've 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 installed Slater skins on more than a few different motorcycles and uh, a, a ton of different brands over the years. Um, you are a journeyman in uh, in in the case of professional motocross as far as uh, mechanics go. And uh, I couldn't be happier to find out that you'd land at uh, at at Pro Circuit with Mitch Payton, Bones Bacon, Ollie Stone, and the rest of the crew. Um, like. Could, can't be happier for you man
3: oh thanks for thank you very much i appreciate that
2: awesome man well uh before uh, before i let you go um anybody you'd like to kind of thank of like, kind of people that have helped you along your journey as well as uh i know that you've got uh, a ton of great supporters with with family and of course your loving wife who uh puts up with you
3: yeah now my wife is huge i think she's <laughs> She's the only reason I stay going. She's got dinner ready when I get home. She's she literally keeps me going every single day. And not that it's hard to keep going because I have the greatest job in the world, but um, it's just she's there. She's my like constantly with me. You know, Mitch gave me an awesome opportunity. All of the mechanics over there, how they treat me, they treat me so well. And uh, man, there's so many people along the way, but. Mainly my wife. She's she's the key to the whole thing.
2: Awesome, man. Well, that's great to hear. And uh, <clears throat> everyone can go follow you on social media at uh, KD underscore wrench twenty nine, I believe, or is it just just KD wrench? Yeah, Yeah, no, just KD
3: underscore wrench, no 29.
2: Okay, there you go. Uh, KD underscore wrench on Instagram. You're always posting, uh, keeping people updated. Go follow Kyle along his journey. Uh, Go back in those photos and find some pretty cute pictures of his wife, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) keep uh, keep doing what you do, man, because what you do is good.
3: Hey, thanks, Brad. I appreciate you having me on.